Welcome back. You're listening to the Dichotomy Diaries. I'm your host, Amanda Arnier, once again joined by the lovely Ashley. So let's recap a bit. Episode one, The Sin City Serpent, you got to meet Dick and ride a roller coaster of emotions with me. He dramatically packed his bags, but never ended up leaving. It's pretty crazy that the part of my relationship that I used to refer to as the light months, in retrospect, are shrouded in darkness. With that being said, let's jump right back in. So, December 2021, we are living in our new townhouse. We had gotten COVID right at the beginning of December, which sucked. Never have been more sick, but we bounced back relatively quick, so that was good. He didn't really bounce back. He really didn't get out of bed or have a work ethic after that. For the most part, he was now openly gambling and doing it so much that he came up with this bright idea that he was going to monetize his gambling. Because when I say he's gambling, I think there's a there's a negative connotation naturally there. But like he was winning a lot too. So he would win $1,500. He would win $4,000. I don't know how much he would then spend. But like I saw a lot of the wins. And so his whole thing was that maybe I should make a discord and sell my picks. So we started a discord. What is Discord? Discord, I wish I could give you a really good description. Um, I would say that it is like a thread blog platform. It's mostly like private threads. People will create their Discord page and you have to be invited to it. And you could put a paywall, kind of like OnlyFans, but there's really not pictures and stuff. It's more text-based. And then there's different like channels and stuff on it. So if he had a, the one that he had started, um, n- Dick's Picks, whatever, that's not what it was called, but let's just <laughs> say that it was, uh, he would have a, a, a channel that was for hockey. He'd have one that was for NBA and so on and so forth. He would post his, his picks to it. Um, and picks meaning like the teams that he thought would win that day. So. Okay, yeah, because when you said picks, I was picturing his pictures. No pictures. Okay. Yeah, no gambling picks, okay, okay. meaning like, hey, I think the Bears are going to win today. That's laughable. But like, uh, <laughs> you know, like three teams that you think are going to win today and you would parlay and put them all them put them all together. So he's uh, going to be rich doing this, right? That's what he thinks? That's what he thinks. Yeah. We also have a friend. Well, I have a friend. That is is from Chicago, a, a good friend of mine that I've known for a long time, who is like just killing it in the betting game and posting about it on social media. And Dick becomes no not friends, but like is following this person now because like I'm friends with him and like he's my boyfriend and all this stuff, whatever. And they just have a lot of conversations about sports and whatnot. And I think that he really, really wanted to be this person. The difference is this person has a lot of money and a lot of businesses that make a lot of money. 
like he has his own account for gambling. He's not gambling to pay rent. And I think that that's a huge distinction. Gambling is not all bad, but when you're doing it to fucking save the day every time you gamble, that's a problem. And that's kind of what I'll realize, I guess, a little bit more. So he's gambling, but he's also, we've unpacked our two storage units. So we have all of our stuff. We're not living in someone else's house anymore. I unpack my stuff and I have an Xbox from I don't even know when. And he plugs it in and he is just playing Halo nonstop. Like calling himself the Halo prodigy. He's gonna he's gonna twitch it too. Cool. And <laughs> cool, right? Like, wow. What does your boyfriend do? Uh He's well, a Halo prodigy. <laughs> he's the Halo prodigy. That was fucking wild. But so you know, while he's on the couch gambling and gaming all day, what are you doing? Still trying to find a job, which thankfully finally paid off. And in December, I got a job working at Paychex in the PEO department, selling benefits to businesses. My salary. I was in sales, but my base salary was a hundred grand, and I was going to be making bonuses on top of that, which seemed like a godsend at the time, just because of where you know I, we were at. And I say we because, like, I'm thinking of us as as a we, but it's really like where I'm at because I'm fucking, I'm paying for everything. I'm not getting any money from him and I'm too scared to ask because I don't want him to freak out. Now I've seen him like lose his shit and like I, yeah, it was just a little bit, it's a lot of eggshells walking on. So he's just doing all of that. And I weirdly got a text. I remember in December because it was before Christmas and we were supposed to go to Chicago for Christmas. And my mom had put us in a group chat, me, him, and her. And she was like, hey, I know that money is tight. Um, How about I buy Christmas presents for the family and I'll put your guys' names on it. And I was just like wondering, like, how the fuck does she know anything about our financial situation? Because I really tried to keep like my my personal stuff like that, I didn't let my mom know. Like I would let her know if it was dire need that I needed help, but I always tried to figure stuff out by myself for the last nine, 10 years that I lived by myself in Arizona. And I was like, okay. So I just thought that that was strange. Um, We got COVID for a second time right before Christmas, but we healed up and then we flew to Chicago and Dick was finally able to meet, like, my granny and my uncles, a lot of extended family. How did that go? It was good. It was really busy. We had a lot of people in a small area. I The one thing that I remember most, my mom, I think at one point I, either me or Dick had told my mom that on Christmas, Dick's mom would always get everybody matching pajamas and she really wanted to make sure that he felt at home so she got us these matching pajamas like onesies and those were so cute and like we took pictures in those and the rest of the family came over later on in the day so like uncles and stuff he wasn't overly social with anybody but my uncles and when I say my uncles meaning my gay uncle and his husband 
who are just amazing people. And like, I just felt like he was going to say something inappropriate to them, whether that was something about income or like just anything. I I remember him complimenting my uncle on like jewelry he was wearing and very being very specific, like, oh, is that the David Yearman, like black diamond, like just weird shit that like, I don't know, it makes people uncomfortable. And it made me, it made me uncomfortable. Granted, like they were having, if my uncles were uncomfortable, they would have said something, but I felt it and I, he shouldn't have been so specific, I guess. He did tell me, even though he had been the one to suggest going home to my mom's, a lot of conversations came up during the trip that like he was sad that he wasn't with his mom. And even before we left too. So I put his mom in communication with my mom. His mom sent my mom presents. So we opened up presents from his mom on Christmas. And I did that like kind of like, I just wanted him to feel at home, you know? Like I didn't, I am always the one willing to be like, I'll not spend holidays with my family. We'll go and spend holidays with your family because like, I've been with my family a lot. Like, it's cool. Like, let's go do this. And I just wanted to make sure that he knew that. Which afterwards, he was like, we always go to your mom's. It was so weird because it was your fucking idea, dude. Um, We were home for New Year's Eve, which was actually a really good time. We went to Decadence in Arizona and we saw Elenium. I don't know if this was like the third time maybe. I think it was probably the third time since we had been together. And it was just great. Went with um, my best friend, her fiance, other friends, danced, raved, did Molly. And Dick actually tried mushrooms for the first time at Decadence, which was actually a good thing. Like, you normally wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, new drug, cool. But it made him dur- – like, he was so happy at the rave all of the days. And then – the after effect was almost like a positive hangover, seven days of just empathy and thoughtfulness and very direct intentional love and affection. It's the only way that I can describe it. He was like normal. I don't know. And so when we got back from the festival, you know, and now it's now it's January 1st, I start, like, looking up, like, why this happened. Like, why would somebody have such a positive reaction to mushrooms? And I find, like, that people microdose mushrooms. And so I'm like, hey, you know, like, did you like that experience? Because I feel like you did. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what if I, you know, got you some to microdose? And so I ordered them and I paid for it. And he did that. And he was not euphoric at all and not, like, tripping, but just, like, way better mental space because it was not – any longer like I'm laying in bed. So one weird thing happened in January, which kind of sets the tone for the rest of my fucking relationship. But um, he went to the gym and he's like, all right, babe, I'm going to go to the gym. And he drives over to Lifetime. And then it's like three hours pass, which is a pretty long session, but not irregular. But I like, I'm like, okay, where the fuck are you? Look at his location. He's legit driving to Las Vegas. Stop. I'm not kidding. No call. 
no text. I'm like, oh, like, do I call, do I call him? Do I let him get, like, get there? Maybe there's an emergency, like me, like, doing, making the excuses, like, always, right? And I send him a text, and I was like, where are you? Or, like, when are you going to be home from the gym? And he was like, I'm actually on my way to Vegas. I got to take care of something. Like, what do you mean? You don't have a job. Yeah, did you get upset? Or were you more understanding? How did that go? And how long was he gone for? It's so random. Did he pack a bag before? I I do have a lot of questions. Dude, I know. Because I, and (laughs) honestly, I had had all the same questions. I'm not going to lie. Why not just tell you? I need to take care of something in Vegas. Like, why lie and say I'm going to the gym and then go to Vegas? It's crazy. Now that you just asked me all those questions, like, even though I have, like, my timeline and everything, like, I just remembered something, which is wild. So, at this new house... It came with, like, a security alarm system that also had, a, like, a pseudo ring doorbell. And when you would push it, you'd get something on your phone, whatever. But it basically was always recording. And I remember him being like, I'm going to Vegas. I got to take care of something. It was it was last minute. I didn't know. And I remember looking at the, the ring doorbell recording and seeing him leave with his laptop under his arm, which hmm. would indicate to me that you knew you weren't going to just be at the gym. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Like, he didn't even bring it. He would have headphones and, like, a protein shake if he was going to the gym. But, like, to have his laptop and his, like, chargers and stuff like that, I was like, okay. So he goes to Las Vegas. Again, I still I still don't know for what. I'm assuming that he told me that it was for an insurance policy because that's kind of, like, why he would – That was the excuse, I feel like, if he had to go somewhere fast or, like, weird. Um, And he goes and he stays at his best friend's house, who I had met previously, I think, one time. This very, like, quirky guy, like, kind of socially awkward, but dude is, again, here's the theme, right? Rich. Like, comes from money and has no problem spending that money on dick. I later find out that this person is gay. Ding, 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 ding. Gosh. Are we seeing a theme here? All his friends. It's also like, okay, straight man, you have six gay friends that I'm aware of. Where are the straight friends to like offset? Where are the straight friends? I don't. I haven't met, out, besides outside of church, I haven't met anybody that he's friends with. And so I'm like, this is so weird. I think that's even weirder than all of it, that all of his gay friends you are not allowed to meet. That's the weird part about it, yeah. in my opinion. The only one that I had met was this best friend, right, that was wealthy in Vegas. And like he had like a very big house, and he had a nice car, gambled at the casino a lot like curious really quick what yeah. was his age range our age he's like or? My, yeah he's okay, like okay. our age okay like in his 30s just yeah I don't know it's not like he's like a hot gay man like I truthfully I didn't know that he was gay until dick had told me that and I kind of felt like maybe but I felt like maybe it didn't come off as flamboyant it came off as woman hating truthfully like that's the vibe that he gives Ugh. And it's just so weird. 
Okay, so, so he's driving to Vegas. Yeah, so to he's driving to Vegas. Rich friend. He is staying there, and I get a notification in my email, and that's this is where stuff gets really fun. So, if we rewind back to like me finding the OnlyFans and the stuff on the internet, I don't think that I mentioned this before in in detail but like the only fans at that time back in June 2021 was active and I had said to him like is this something that you are going to continue to pursue and I had made no request for him to stop it I just wanted to know what he had planned on doing with it but I think as like a show of solidarity or like to prove that he was the person he was saying he was he actually turned his only fans off he also had other sites that he would webcam on and those sites had an area that said like last online and it would give a date so when in june when i found it the last online date was relatively close to me looking i checked periodically over the you know a few months down the line like maybe in like um, August, maybe I checked in like October, whatever. So now it's like January and I get a notification from the website because smart Amanda made a username and like favorited his profile on there. So it would notify me if he was ever online. Well, now I'm getting the notification. And to clarify, these aren't online gambling discord sites. These are adult content sites, correct? Yes. So adult nude content camming sites. And this one specifically was for men only that are bodybuilders. Like, I'm not going to plug the website because fuck that. But like, it's for muscle dudes. And people go in there and they pay and they request private shows, like, and things like that. And so I click on the link because it says my favorite performers online. And here is my boyfriend sitting in his best friend's guest room. I can tell. I've been there. Talking on the phone with his shirt off. And I'm like, I'm not, the thing is, it's like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad that he's doing this. I'm mad that he is making it seem like he's not. And like being it's being dishonest like omission of that to me is not truthful. Valid. Yeah, like I and then I'm reading like the comments that people are saying like Oh, tell me. What like oh, comments? like <laughs> so, like just dudes being like, "Oh, so sexy. I wish I could rub on those pecs." Like you're so we've missed you like all of this stuff that would indicate that he had a relatively large following of people that were like waiting for him to come back online and i i actually didn't think in this moment i i acted out of pure rage and took a screenshot of it and i just sent it directly to him i didn't even say anything and i think that it's because all of the stuff that had happened over the course of the last few months while most of it was okay and and some of it was good there was some bad things that were happening that were starting to really like fester inside of me and then this was the thing where it was like mm, I don't like it and mind you 
he had gone way back in June, July time to get his court records so that he could seal his felony for for two reasons to do life insurance and get licensed in other states well that's fucking done like shot okay we're not doing that anymore the other reason was so that he could potentially start to see his daughter again and you know this is like a very like his daughter is a very sensitive topic for me because from the moment that I saw her photo on his bedside table and listen to his story, which victimized him, the one thing that I always wanted to do for him was to get his daughter back in his life. And we had hired, not hired, yeah, we had hired an attorney in Las Vegas to, to kind of start that process. And I always thought that if he was working a normal job, had a stable relationship, just was like doing well in life and not like he had done before, that why? Why would anybody not want to allow the the father of the child to, to be able to see the child, especially if he wanted to, you know? So now he's online on the site with his shirt off and it fucking bothers me because I had been this whole time kind of working on removing the defamatory and and negative stuff that was online about him and he's just going to like one day just openly put more shit out there yeah because this little girl's gonna grow up and right look on the internet and type stuff in and it probably be really easy to see these things about her dad. Yeah, like absolutely and and it's just like and and even from a more like recent perspective, like it was to me, hey, if we have to go to court to 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 try and do this, you know that they're going to google you. You know that the opposite opposition is going to pull up all of the bad things that I've tried to remove for you and and spend money removing for you for the past few months. And now you're just giving them more. That to me isn't indicative of somebody who really wants their child back. Yeah. So what does he do then? Because now you're coming at him upset, which you don't do often because you're scared too. So how does he react when you confront him and tell him you're pissed? I've done all this shit for you. You are taking trips to Vegas. Now you're back online. I mean, how does yeah. he react to you saying that? He literally said, why the fuck are you stalking me and blocked me? <laughs> like okay. not not airplane mode, like block, block, like green text and lo- like – Stop sharing location. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fucking crazy because it was like, I don't remember this time specifically when that happened. I don't remember how I felt truly because it was so many horrible things have happened since then. But I would, I would assume that that felt really bad for me in the moment because it hadn't happened before. And, um, I, I just felt like double crossed, I guess, because, don't undo the shit that I did for you out of love, I guess. He eventually unblocked me. Um, and he apologized. And he was like, you're right. I'm just, this is, I think he said something along the lines of like, it's really hard 
for me to be like this destitute. And all I'm thinking is like, get a fucking job. It's not hard. Go apply for a job. Like it, look how long it took me to get a job, right? Like takes a long time, but then you get one and it's fixed. If you don't try, you're never going to get, none of this is ever going to get better. So his excuse for doing that was like, he just wanted, he was going to make money because he wanted to be able to contribute. And I feel like we had rent coming up and it was just like, I don't know. I know that I talked with my mom at some point during that week. I, I think that he was probably gone more than two or three days. Like when he, when he left unannounced, he was always gone for longer than like a, a regular stay, I guess. And my mom had asked me just like point blank, like, is, is he gambling again? Because now I had opened up like the communication between the two of them. I had explained to my mom kind of his childhood and his relationship with his family and that it wasn't very like mom son esque. And so I felt like he needed somebody as a motherly outlet to be able to talk to. And he did like they would have conversations. Mind you that some of the conversations were like untrue about he would say negative things about me to my mom, which I thought was strange, like that I spend too much money or that I like I shop too much. I'm not good at saving like things like that, which were completely false because I was paying for everything. Andrew's the only one with a real job right now. Let's right. Say, yeah. And I'm not I'm not the one gambling. Yeah. But so she asked me this, is he gambling again? And I'm just wondering like where she's getting like the hint to ask this. And I'm like, no. And that was like the first time that I lied to my mom about anything to do with him because I wanted to protect him. And everything that I had known about this person that I love's life was that he got shit on by everybody. And, you know, I see it now as like he was a perpetual victim, but I really fucking had this protective like intuition all the time. Someone would post a bad thing on the internet about him, fucking I'm taking it down. You know what I mean? Like it was just me constantly protecting him. So lying to my mom was not something I ever wanted to do, but I felt like I was doing it for the right reasons because maybe he would get his shit together and then it was fine. Part also of the gambling thing and and I don't know how I say this without sounding completely out of my mind. It was hard for me to understand the gambling even though he was showing me wins and losses. It was hard for me to understand where his brain was at with it because I didn't do it and I didn't get why it could be addicting, I guess. And so what do I do? I do what Amanda always does. Like, I'll learn just like Mormon church, you know? (laughs) And I download the app, FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever. And I'm, I love hockey. Like I actually am good at sports. Like I, I know what I'm talking about. And so we really started to develop, like we would have bonding time watching live sports and like live betting on stuff. Mind you, I'm betting $5. He's betting like $500. 
and losing most of the time now. And that was, that was like special for me because it was like I was doing something, like I would win a bet and he would be like, oh, good job, babe. Like I was getting like affirmation that I, that I was definitely seeking out, but it was coming a lot and we had those moments frequently and he'd be like, I can't wait to watch hockey with you tonight. You're so good at hockey bets. Like that, I, maybe that sounds stupid, but that's what it it was for me, you know? I think there, you know this was a way for you to bond with him and it was oh you know something that made him happy and like we said when he was happy things were good so it does make sense that you would try to learn and be in this world with him to better understand it i when you explain it that way i i actually do get it yeah and i feel like it's it's hard knowing what i know now about gambling and gambling addiction and and watching it firsthand is like watching a car accident over and over again, but it's hard for me to know that I did that, that I, I think that by doing that, by me seeking this like connecting bonding time, I actually think that I like enforced it a little bit, truthfully. He would have done it whether or not you were okay with it or not though, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely true. So, um, but you are working at this time. Yeah. You're making money, right? Yeah. So I am at, I, I think I trained for almost like a whole month, like maybe a month and a half. I hadn't got paid yet. Um, we're using now the Discover card that had zero utilization. Like it's probably at like 25%. So, so we're putting money back on it. I was set to get my first paycheck. I, I think it was probably like January 31st, like the, the very end of the month. And I went to sleep on a Thursday and say like Friday was the 31st, went to sleep and I woke up in the morning and I checked my bank account like Christmas morning. I'm like, ah, so exciting and paid. And I look in the bank account, which was our, our shared bank account. I had opened up a, a shared bank account for us and the balance said zero. Okay. Like maybe this is one of those first paycheck fuck ups, you know, I put the routing number in wrong. And then I look in the account ledger and it says that I got paid. And then it says that he withdrew it. What? And and I'm up because this was like, I did, it was, I just opened my eyes. I was so excited to get paid. And I look over and he's sleeping and I like look at like what time it was with Drew and it was like in the middle of the night, like 2.30, 3am. So he must have taken, well not he must have, he did. He took my my first paycheck and was literally betting on Russian ping pong at 2.30 in the morning and lost my whole paycheck. Woof. Russian ping pong, dude. That's like the memes on the internet being like degenerate gamblers, like gambling on wheelchair sports. Like, what are you talking about? So what do you say to him in the morning? I woke, like vigorously woke him up and I was like, what, where is my paycheck? What happened? And he immediately just goes into like this, uh, like saying I'm so sorry, but not acting like I'm so sorry. Like, 
you're not going to believe it. And this guy, and he was, you know, negative 6,000, which like. Ew, whatever. Yeah, like the most like betting excuse bullshit ever. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm like, you're fucking paying me back. Mm -hmm. Like soon. Because rent is due. Mm -hmm. And where the fuck is your money? So now we're February. And our bills are past due. Because he's not paid me back. Doesn't have a job. And my paycheck's gone. So electric, rent, both of our cars and our cell phones. Our cell phones actually get turned off this month. And I was just on alert because something's fucking not right. And ring doorbell goes off one day. He's having a phone conversation out there with some dude. And he says, like, I love you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who is that? Okay, just save it. Put it in your file for later if you need it, Amanda. And then I started to get, like, super paranoid. And I start looking at cell phone records. And I see ungodly amounts of calls and texts from the same number from Hawaii. And previously he had told me when we had talked about, you know, sugar dating and stuff like that, that he had had a sugar daddy or something, a gay man, in that lived in Hawaii that really kind of did whatever he asked of him. And that's whose number this was. All day long, just texting all day long. And I'm assuming only that it was on he was on DND because I never saw it on his phone, you know, or maybe it was in a different name. I don't know. But very strange. So obviously commit all of that to my memory. Um, February 8th is my birthday, and we actually had a court hearing to potentially get some visitation for his daughter that day. It was virtual, but he made us go to Las Vegas, which I thought was strange. And we sat in the lawyer's office on like Zoom, essentially. And the one of the things that I just remember so vividly was like when the hearing started and everybody's camera was turned on was seeing his ex-wife and seeing just how sad she was like she just looked distraught and it bothered me so much because I felt now like I was doing something to this woman and I didn't ever give her an opportunity like I don't know her story and I just felt so bad how would I feel as a mother if this was happening and I didn't want it to happen so that was just really crazy and I have a question about this time too. So, because yeah. um, it sounds like you didn't have any inclination that his um, ex would have been upset about this. Because I guess it could it could go both ways. I mean, some women may want them, the father, to be in the child's life. Was yeah. that where your head was at? That he's doing a good thing for everybody by, uh you know, supporting his daughter and then seeing her face and saying that maybe this isn't a good thing. Is that where you're at? I'm just trying to like. Yeah. So I think in a weird way, because of how my family dynamic is with having two parents remarried and all four of them being able to coexist like super like happy, I thought that potentially if we showed a super united front, strong, healthy relationship, meaning me and Dick, that whatever had happened in the past, as long as he was showing like true, true 
want to see his daughter and and to support her however we could at the time, that that would show through and potentially whatever that I thought I knew or that I didn't know could be pushed aside essentially. Like I, I, there was, I truly had like this like daydream maybe of like us all co-parenting together because we're talking about our future a lot, right? We have our marriage license. Like we're talking, marriage is on the table for sure. So a child of the person I'm going to marry is going to be my child. And that grew in my heart literally from the moment that I saw her picture and that has never stopped. And so even with not ever having met her, I feel this like protective like vibe, but also like I want her to meet, see her dad. Like there's just so, it's such a weird thing. And Mm -hmm. we'll touch on that so much more in the episode with his ex-wife. Um, but yeah, it, it was just really strange. The The hearing ended and um, basically to sum it up, they had said, potentially we can talk about visitation or custody. However, you are going to need to pay the ex-wife's attorney fees and back pay maybe some child support or something like that. And the minute that any money or responsibility was put on him, he just never picked up his attorney's phone calls again. Lost interest. Completely. And Ew. after all of that work yeah, and lawyer fees and all of that stuff, like, I was like, who could fucking do that? Because now I felt sad. I'm not going to see the per- the little girl I think is my, is my stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. Like, what the – like, that she's in my future vision with my husband, you know? Sounds like you care more about it than he does. <sighs> yeah, it still is that way. So it's my birthday, but that was very underwhelming, which tends to be with people like Dick. And Valentine's Day, I met his parents for the first time. There wasn't... Like his... Well, you met his dad. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me clarify. I met his mom and his stepdad. They came into Phoenix. And we had dinner and we walked around in the mall and got like ice cream. She had pulled me aside and I, I just think that this is notable, but like she pulled me aside and she was like, you know, how is Dick? Is he okay? I was like, yeah, he's he's good. Also lying. Is he is he gambling? No. Fucking lying piece of shit I am. But I'm starting to get under, like I, I'm starting to maybe understand a little bit more. Everyone knows that gambling is a problem besides me. Mm-hmm. And it's strategically set up that way. Gambling is a fun thing we do together, girl I love. Everybody else is like, it's a fucking problem. So th- that's just crazy. I actually ended up referring him to a position at Paychex because they had an entry-level sales role. He's done sales his whole life, okay, and he sets up an interview for that. One of the days that I literally will never, ever forget it was the 22nd of February, and he woke me up in the morning and was like, pack your bags. We're going to Florida. We're going to go to Fort Lauderdale, and I'm like, what? we have no money. (laughs) What do you mean? And he's like, I have flight credit or something. Just pack your bags. 
okay. So I start packing my bags. He packs his really fast and brings it downstairs. And I'm still like doing toiletries and shit. And he comes upstairs and he's like, hey, how much longer like do you have? And he had referenced this, I guess, as like a birthday trip, a late birthday trip, just so there's no confusion there. I'm like, I don't know, like five minutes. Is that good? I'm like, what time is the flight? Wouldn't give me a flight time. Okay. Like, we're good on time? He's like, yeah, 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 we're good on time. He's like, I'm going to go take my bag out to the car, and I'll meet you downstairs. And he kissed me on the forehead, and then I hear him, you know, take the bag out. Now, mind you, this is so spontaneous. I have dogs that are like my children. I had to, like, quick get a neighbor to sit them who agreed. But, like, I'm, I'm like, this is exciting. He's doing something nice for me. Holy shit. Like, a trip? My God. On a plane, not in a car, you know, like, and so I pack my bags. I leave a note for the the dog lady. I lock the door and well, actually he wasn't downstairs. So I go outside, I lock the door. Okay. And I'm walking and I'm pulling my bag to the parking lot and where he parked normally, like his fucking car wasn't there. And I'm like, well, this is really strange. So I check his location And it actually just doesn't say anything. Like, it didn't say he unshared it. It just says, like, no location can be found. I'm like, okay, that's so weird. Maybe he's going to get gas. Just a little gaslighter. I am. And then I look and I had a text message that I didn't see before. And he had sent me a text message that said, I love you. I need to go have some time by myself. I hope you understand. This fucking blows my mind. Okay, so I've heard this story before, but every time you tell it, I'm flabbergasted because it's so apparent he had zero intention on bringing you in the first fucking place. But why make you pack your bags, tell you this trip is for you? It's just like the sickest game for you to go out there and for him to be fucking gone. Like, he obviously didn't have a plane ticket for you. Like, what? Yeah, like, that's why you wouldn't tell me the, the, the flight, time. flight time. It's because it I even no lo- sense. But you know, crazy me is like, I looked up all the flights that were going to Fort Lauderdale. Like, there was one. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, maybe that's the one. You know, like, I'm just so hopeful and so optimistic that, like, the doubts that I'm having are going to be washed away by this, like, grand gesture. And, like, I I texted him back and I was – I think that I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, what do you mean? Like, I thought it was a a text he sent earlier that I didn't Mm -hmm. get. Like, I didn't understand, actually, because that's how fucked up it was. To tell me that you're going to take me for my birthday, get ready. Like, my text messages went through green. And so I was like, okay, I'm blocked or something. But, like, this is weird because I can still kind of see his location. And I think that he ended up getting to the airport and he turned his – phone on or something like I could see that he was at Phoenix Sky Harbor and then it went dark again and then I could see that he was in Miami or Fort Lauderdale whatever and I finally got to talk to him when he was there and he was like I have to write this insurance policy for this guy that I know and I was like what so now I'm gonna like ask all the questions because now I'm fucking pissed off and this is crazy and too far. Like this can never happen again. And I said that and I was like, no, you're gonna give me details. 
what guy? First and last name, please. And so he gives me the guy's first and last name. First thing I do, put it into Instagram, put it into Facebook, and I see this guy. Okay, he lives there. All right. So you're writing a policy for him? No, I'm writing a policy for his partner. Hmm. Partner. Ring, 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 ring. The gaydar is just going wild. Like, okay. So, and, I, and I'm just flat out asking questions. I'm like, his gay partner is a man that is married to a man and you're writing the other man an insurance policy. Yes. I said, but you're not like in good standing. You're not writing anymore. Like, how are you going to do this? And he's like, well, I have a few companies I can write with and we're going to go with those. It's going to be a, a big policy. Like he's talking like big, like 250K payout big. And I'm like, maybe more actually. It might've been more. And I'm like, he's like, babe, this could like literally change our lives. And I'm like, okay, where are you staying? And like, he's like, I have a hotel. Okay. I'm at the hotel now. I'm going to go over there a little bit later. I'll call you. So I have his location on and everything. And I just have so many questions. How do you have money for a plane ticket? How do you have money for a hotel? And I look at the cell phone records and I see so many more calls and texts from the Hawaii number, the sugar daddy in Hawaii. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is he meeting this guy there? Like, is he going on a, like a sugar date, like an escort thing? No, like fucking no way. And I don't know what it was about me this day, but I, my lunatic ass just like copied the number and fucking called it, dude. And I, I had, I have never called anybody that I've seen him talking to, like through call logs. I just get information and I keep it. But this time I was like, fuck this. And I called and the guy picked up and I was like, hey, this is Dick's girlfriend. And he's like, hey. I'm like, are you with him? like no why what's up and I'm like so I see that you guys are like texting each other a lot and he just told me he was taking me on a trip and he left without me and how would he pay for that I'm like he doesn't have any money and he's like no well he asked me for a flight in a hotel but I'm not with him. And I'm just like, well, that's interesting. And he's like, Dick is an interesting person. So this is like confusing the shit out of me, right? And I'm because it's not like he's protecting him, but it's also like he's not divulging anything. And I'm like, how so? And he's like, he's not really like the de most dependable person. Oh, but you just pay for him anyways when he asks because that's really confusing to me and he's like well I only buy him things I don't send him money because of his gambling problem oh, wow. and I'm like oh okay well if you could stop doing that that would be great for me and our relationship because like we're talking about getting married and I this is uncomfortable for me and he said something that was like almost like a like a warning, I guess. Is like you you should really think about that. Or 
I don't remember exactly what he said, but along those lines. Weird. Yeah. And he hung up. And I knew that he was going to tell him that I called. And he did. And I think that he, like, yelled at me, like, why the fuck would you call this person? Like, you have no right. Stop going through my cell phone log, all this stuff. So I just started being really paranoid. And I'm like, I need to know more about this person who he's writing the policy for. So I go back on Instagram and I find this person and I'm looking at his page and like very openly gay man, older, probably like 65, I would say, white hair, like Mr. Rogers sweaters kind of, like just very, I don't know. But he has a yacht, and there's pictures of all of these very obviously gay men with him. His husband is in some of the pictures and is, like, an older man, not attractive. But, like, he's with all of these, like, young, gay, hot guys uh, just on the boat. And I'm scrolling, and I'm just scrolling. And I see in a picture from 2016 and I look and it's my boyfriend with his shirt off and it says like Laguna Beach and I'm like 2016 hmm that must have been during you know the stuff he regrets years and I just start feeling like well he told me he regretted that and he told me that he was like preyed on And is this person, like, one of the people that, like, essentially groomed him, like, and and made him do that stuff? Because that's very predatorial. So now I'm getting, like, protective and defensive. And I want to know, like, how, like, get in and out of there. Write the policy, get out. But he doesn't. He's there for four, five hours. They even went out on the fucking yacht, dude. So, so what? My husband. My husband, my boyfriend is the only straight guy that you hang out with because that's what it seems like. And he takes a lot of pictures. So, you know, Dick is posting on his story now because obviously I know where he's at and he's like sharing all the lavish shit like he does. Oh, here's a yacht. Here's, you know, my dinner spot with my name. Like just annoying because now you're like gloating that you left me and you're enjoying the fuck out of yourself. And and it's obvious that he had, again, zero intention of bringing you on this trip. Yeah. I mean, gay Hawaii guy bought the tickets. Mm-hmm. Gay yacht guy is, you know, whatever, boating him around Florida. I, yeah. It doesn't feel like he had any intention to bring you on this trip for his birthday. Your birthday, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, like, is there an insurance policy being written? Like, I don't know. So yeah. – I think that he left there and he said that he took an Uber or like this guy's driver drove him back to the hotel. So he does get to the hotel. I verify that he's there. I remember him sending me a picture in the bathroom because this gay guy had said, you know, your hair's getting a little thin. And he had sent me like a mirror shot of like, does my hair look thin? And it did. Like I, his hair has always looked thin to me, but I'm not going to say that, you know? And he's like, oh, it must be because of all the stress and the money stuff. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Like, let's look into hair stuff. 
Okay. Then he leaves the hotel and he goes to the casino. And I'm like, fuck you. How do you have money for this? And then he, you know, goes to bed and says goodnight, whatever. The next day he says he has to go back there because they couldn't finish writing the policy in the fucking five hours that they were there. And so he goes back and it's earlier in the day and he leaves that house at like, let's say 2 p.m. Eastern time. However, he doesn't go back to the hotel. He goes back and is... I don't know how to explain it. It's like it, he stopped in front of like this apartment complex, but it didn't look like he was inside. And his little circle just hung out there for like four hours. Same spot, not moving. I'm like, whose fucking apartment is this in Fort Lauderdale, dude? I'm going to lose my mind right now. So I look up the address. I put in my notes, whatever. And then his circle like goes across the street to like a diner or something. And then he ends up back at the hotel and he FaceTimes me. And I'm like, where were you after you left dude's house? And he's like, oh, I just came back. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Like, I saw you. Like, were you outside an apartment? No, what are you talking about? Okay, I guess I'm fucking making shit up, you know? Like, so I just didn't want to fight. And I was like, okay, whatever. So he came back home. He had the interview actually for paychecks the day that he got back and he barely made it to get on, which is so fucking rude, especially because I referred him. And he does the interview and I think that he says that it goes well. And I think maybe he he was going through his phone or something and he's like, hey, look at this picture. Isn't this a good picture of me? So, so vain. And it was like a portrait mode in a pool. And you know how when you're looking at a phone, if you're in the camera roll and you're on a picture, you can see the smaller pictures on the bottom. Well, I'm looking on the bottom and I see like what looks like his bare ass. And I'm like. <laughs> what? In the pool? I, d- I don't know. I just saw fucking two cheeks, dude. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> so I literally with my finger and he's holding the phone, scroll three photos over and there is. Him in the pool, yeah. His just his like, I don't know if he's like leaning over the edge or like whatever, but naked <laughs> in this guy's pool. And okay, so like, you're not holding your phone, so he's with you while you're naked. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because like, let's look at the facts, right? Gay guy, rich, like. I know, I know, right? Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like, like, what? Guy, he's rich. You're naked in his pool, but there you're there for an insurance policy. I'm like, this is not okay. This does not feel good. And this hurts my feelings. This is disrespectful to me. And he's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. But like, he has a rule, like no bathing suits in the pool. Yeah, don't you know, Amanda? I mean, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> about that old rule, dude. <laughs> And so I literally on my phone pull up this guy's Instagram and find a, a photo of people in his pool all with bathing suits on. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, all right. I'm like, that's fucked up. And I think I actually like left the house because I was so pissed, dude. I was so pissed. So now we're in March and 
I think that, like, he was really starting to put a lot of effort into his, like, whole Discord, like, Twitch gambling picks and, and Halo Prodigy bullshit. Because, wait, question. I'm assuming he never got insurance money from Yacht Guy. So what had – okay. Let's say, what had happened was – no. <laughs> um, these people were – in the man that I found the Instagram, he was 65. His partner was like 80-something. The story of why it didn't work out supposedly was because the person, the older gentleman – like, had, like, a heart attack. Dirt, like, they had the application. They had to finish it. He comes home. Dude has heart attack. That would eliminate him from being able to have life insurance. I can't verify this. I don't know. I just believed him. All I know is that, no, we didn't get fucking $500,000 two days later. Like, was supposed to happen. So, I... It's just so annoying. All of do you see like the roller coaster of how this takes mm-hmm. me on? Hey, oh my God, we're gonna get this much money. Save the day, save the day. Waste time. Like we're still going, we're wasting time. And then fucking comes crashing down when things don't work out. So yeah, that didn't happen. Also, along this time, weird packages start showing up that like he didn't order because he doesn't have any money. I didn't order. But, like, packages are coming in the mail, and they're, like, supplements, pre-workout. There was, like, a testosterone booster, like, weird shit. And, like, I would open some of them because after, like, getting three in a week, I'm like, dude, what is this? So I open it up, and it would be whatever was inside, and there'd be one of those, like, little – if it was a gift, like, who it was from, you know? And sometimes there would be, like, an initial – but other times it was blank. I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's from, you know, like my Amazon wish list. And I'm like, why do you have an Amazon wish list? And and who's sending him presents? And from who's some yeah, like why and would why? someone randomly mm-hmm. send these things unless you're asking for them or you're providing a link to a wish list? Like mm-hmm. it's just very strange to me, but I'm like, cool, we got pre-workout, dude. And you're picking your battles, it sounds like, to me, too. Yeah, because he's, like, being more explosive, and I'm not sure, like, what is going to trigger that at this point. Because, okay, you freak out when I pop your zit on me, and also you freak out when I find you on, back on camming sites. Like, I can't imagine if I actually did something wrong, Yeah, you know? So... In March was – I don't really even know what, what happened in March. Oh, like ED, we went to some EDM shows. We were like late night gambling together. Like I don't even know, maybe like US Open late – or Australian Open late night stuff. Who knows? Um, he had really enjoyed like partying with me in our home in the living room. And I remember – this this Mormon dude who who doesn't drink being like we should we should call the man and I'm like who's the man and then I remembered the man was like my friend group like coke guy that delivered I mean only in Scottsdale dude right like just 
right to your doorstep. I just love how these Mormon guys are like, no drinking, no smoking, but we fucking party. Dude, like, we could rip lines what? as big as your thumb. What? And he, and he actually did. He actually did. It was fucking wild. But, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm maybe enjoying those moments with him because I feel like it's the only time that I get to experience the true him. Because I don't really see the person that I met initially anymore and it's like okay well what version do I want today this is a good one I'm gonna deal with it so we're having you know a good time we're connecting a lot in those evenings and at some point the bishop from our church calls us and is like hey like we should talk and I think this was like the very beginning of March and so mind you we had moved so we're up in a different area and we had tried going to the church that was up there because now we're like out of their our church's jurisdiction. And we go to that church and it's like the people are very off and not very warm. No one said hi. And I was like, this is not the Mormon church I know or like. So we go to our old church to meet with a bishop and we're sitting in his office, just the two of us. And he basically just like kind of says, well, we know since you moved your records up to wherever North Phoenix that you guys are living together now. And I know that I think that you guys have been living together for a while because the missionaries were there and stuff. You know that like people look up to you and living together before marriage basically insinuates that you're sleeping together. And he didn't really ask for us to confirm that. It was like he was telling us that he knew. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. And he was like, you guys need to to pick a date for the wedding because like this is you're setting an example and the example that you're setting by not following through on what you said is is not okay. And just out of nowhere Dick is like June 21st. And I'm like he literally didn't pull out his phone so I I was just assuming like this was a special date or whatever and I'm like why? And I pull up my phone. I'm like, it's like a Tuesday. And he's like, well, it's summer solstice. It's the brightest, longest day of the year. And you light up my life. And I'm like, okay, that's sweet. Like, whatever. And so now I have a wedding date. But I, I'm not engaged. So, like, how do you how do you deal with that? I, I did, okay, I guess I just wait. Is there any big things coming up? I don't know. So that was really a lot. I think that I told my best friend and I told my mom and we told his mom. And they were excited, but also my mom's like, "Is it, are you engaged? Or like she didn't understand. Yeah, because you so you have no ring. Like, I have no, no ring. ring. There was no pr- proposal. Correct. <clears throat> but you have a wedding date. and But I have a wedding date. And so, you know, what do you do when you know you're going to get married? You start looking at wedding shit online, Pinterest boards, like all of that stuff. At some point, I had like this aha moment. Just, I don't know why I was feeling weird about everything that had happened in in February and with him in, in Florida. And I felt like I should check the phone records for the time that he was in Florida because when he was there, I couldn't see like 
the calls he was making then because it's it typically is like a day or like a week later or whatever they post. So I look at the cell phone records and I see a Fort Lauderdale number and I pull it up and it's this chick. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I dig a little deeper and I find out that she lives at that apartment. And I'm like, my stomach is dropping now, right? Because this is the first time that I've ever had any confirmation or even any assumption that he is being unfaithful to me with a woman. I Like, everything else was speculation, but this is, like, concrete. You were at that address. This is this person. You're talking to this person. So I was really kind of, like, festering on that, and I, and I held it in for a little bit. My mom came to visit, and the first day that she was there, I think he went to pick her up from the airport, and when he got back, I just could not hold it in anymore. Like, I was going mental, and I go upstairs as he was in bed, and I was like, who is so-and-so? And she's another person who you guys will meet and have a full episode and her take on all of this. Who is this person? Oh, well, she's just a friend. Okay, remember when I asked you what you did in between, you know, the gay yacht guy and your hotel? You were outside or like at her apartment for four plus hours. Yes or no? And I think that I had just given him so much facts that he was like, he couldn't deny it. And he was like, yeah. And I died in that moment. I fucking, I just crumbled, dude. And I was like, do you want to be with her? And he was like, well, I thought I did. We just picked our fucking wedding day. Whoosh. Yeah. Dude. <clears throat> like, I said, okay, and so now you don't? And he's like, no, it's not a good fit. And so now I'm just like, how much more could you hurt me? Truthfully. Because you're the, gra- the grass isn't greener on the other side, and you're not fucking watering this, you know? And I'm just so hurt and my mom's there and I can't really like explain to my mom like what is going on because again, I want to protect him and and keep uh, our image like good. And my mom was like, hey, you know, Rocky, Rocky Point is like four hours away. We, I'll go, why don't we go to Mexico? And I was like, yeah, okay, let's go. And she's like, no, like girl's trip. But I couldn't leave him at home. Like I, I, truthfully was terrified that if I left with my mom and went on a a mother-daughter trip and left him home alone at our house in Phoenix, that he would just escape. Like, I don't, I don't know, like run away and I'd never see him again. And I'm like, no mom, like Dick's coming with. And she's like, Amanda, I really just want it to be me and you. Because mind you, I had told her when, that he did that to me and left me in the whole Florida thing. She was in Florida at that time. And she's like, this motherfucker, dude, I will drive up from the keys and beat his ass. And (laughs) love mom. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I, she was pissed. Yeah. And so she did not. So yeah, she did not want him with. So we ended up going and it, it was, it was fun. I had fun. Like I hadn't been on an actual vacation and a beach that I didn't have to pay for in like a while, but he was miserable. He was like, 
a sad puppy on his phone constantly talking to the Hawaii guy, which I could see. And like, it was just, it was just really weird. He was punishing you for calling him out for all of his bullshit with the girl, with the trip. And then he probably, you know, felt um, inferior in your mother's presence, knowing that she knew all the shit he's pulling. I mean, this is just me analyzing it right now, but... Yeah, Either way, I think that I did tell ass. him, actually, because I kind yeah. of wanted him to know that, like, I'm not going to glorify you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to continue. If you continue doing this shit, I'm not going to do it. So my mom leaves, and he's, like, down in the dumps again, right? Like, our, this is when our cell phone gets turned off. Aren't you both working, though, at paychecks? He is training, I believe. I think that he's training now. He gets paid, yeah, Yeah. like he got paid significantly less than me. Um, I think that he actually got hired in April, but you know, I don't even know. It might have been March, whatever. I'm paying the rent, which is like one month behind because it's just me, right? And I'm also with any extra money that I have, I'm like sending him money to gamble, like. Not saying, hey, here, gamble with this, but just like sending him a hundred bucks because he says he doesn't have any money. And he's basically saying, like, I'm so depressed. Like, I think he he even said he's suicidal. Like, I, he was just Ugh. expressing extreme yeah. distress and depression. And so I'd be like, here's a hundred bucks, like, cash app. And I would, you know, put a note, like, I love you. You're great. I believe in you. Wow. You know, just little things like that. Things were obviously very tumultuous at this time. So, you know, we would go and visit the temple and just kind of like sit outside and and talk. And that's like the holiest place for LDS Mormons. So that always felt really good to be there because I felt like he was church dick again. I got to see that version of him. Like he felt inspired by God to be good and whatever. And eventually that would wear off but again like so we're in March and I am getting married now in two months and I don't have a ring on my finger and I'm thinking to myself like when is he going to propose like we're supposed to be going to EDC in I think it was I don't know was that in like May probably in May the end of May I'm like that would be I do. Maybe he's planning that because Elenium is playing. He always wanted to take me there. I'm also thinking because when he proposed to his last fiance, he made a huge ordeal. He did. A, he hired a flash mob and a camera guy. Like this woman probably felt so special and that he went above and beyond. Like I had. He hasn't gone above and beyond at all. Mm-hmm. But you're expecting a, a grand gesture. Yeah. Like at some point. I I mm-hmm. wouldn't expect anything less than. Mm-hmm. What he gave her, I guess. Right. And he is so showy. Like, it just... Right. It made sense. Like, because it would be, like, a a pat on the back for him if Mm -hmm. he did that. So that's why I'm kind of expecting it. Right. And also okay with waiting because you're sure if you're waiting, it's going to be fucking fantastic. Yes. Yeah. So, of course, I don't know how he's going to pay for a ring, right? So... I, that's all of these thoughts are just constantly going through my mind and I'm working and everything's stressful. Um... And at the end of March, I actually had a positive pregnancy test. And so 
to kind of like elaborate on this topic a little bit more, we I was not on birth control basically the entire time that we had known each other. And I remember one of the conversations right after we had sex for the first time and he was like, hey, are you on birth control or are, are we getting this party started? And I'm like, I mean, I am now, but I, like I was planning on stopping. Like, so I stopped. And so all these months we had the most healthy sex life, like probably two times a day, every single day. And I had not gotten pregnant, but I knew my fertility was well in, in order. And I have this positive pregnancy test. And all of a sudden I see this happy person again and he's kissing my belly and he's like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And then it, I had a miscarriage and that sucked. But this really sparked like the topic of family planning because I think that now I have seen maybe bottles of injectables that I don't know what they are and he's losing his hair and I've experienced now him freaking out. And so from the very little I know about steroid use and fertility, like the two don't mesh. And if this pregnancy failed and I hadn't been pregnant all that other time, that would lead me, lead me to believe that like his fertility isn't top tier. So I start talking to him about it and he that topic was like the worst topic. He would blow up on me and be like, it's fucking fine. Like all I have to do is take HCG and Clomid and I'm good and I'll be back to back to normal. And I'm like, it's so weird that you think that this is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like remember back to the conversations we had about wanting a family and all of that? This is important. So um, I continue wedding planning. We actually found a wedding venue in Sedona. Um, we have no excess cash, so how are we going to pay for a, a wedding venue? So I talked to him about whether or not he feels comfortable asking all four sets of our parents to contribute like $2,000. So what he had told me basically the whole time about his parents, both of them, was that they were well off. But they had never, he had never reached out to them for help in any of our financial need situations. It was always me contacting my parents. And I was like, I know for a fact my mom and dad will say yes. Will your mom and dad say yes? And he's like, yeah, I think so. Okay, you call your parents. I'll call mine. I call mine. They literally sent it over like within a few minutes to me. We called his mom together and they sent it over to me. He's like, I'll, I'll call my dad. And I was like, well, we can call him together. Like, okay. So he calls his dad. And his dad's, again, very cold. What's up, bro? Like, bro? It's the weirdest relationship dynamic I've ever. And, like, I'll get into it later. But it's so weird. And he finally is like, yeah, I'll send it. So he zells dick. I never saw that money. Ever. So it didn't go to the wedding venue? No, he gambled it. <laughs> so listen to that, daddy. <laughs> yeah, like he, he literally trash. gambled it. It's so it's so crazy. Wow. And so now we have a wedding venue that we've sent money to that is in like we owe. And rent is probably behind a month. Like, I, at this point, I don't even know where the finances are. I just know they were fucking shit and that it was stressing me out. 
you know, my credit card is now again maxed out because there's no liquid cash to buy groceries, to pay for gas. Like he's buying shit, like just weird shit, like that I didn't approve, but he's now he's authorized on my credit card. So he's doing it. And, and, and again, anything extra I'm sending him to make him happy. So I just started looking around our house and I'm like, I have so much shit that I've acquired over the years. And I say shit, but like, you know my stuff. I was just going to say, you don't have shit. You have taste. <laughs> like, like I, yeah, my furniture is so expensive and, and like there's custom pieces that I designed, you know, like, and I just started like selling it off like piece by piece because I was like, I need to make this right. I need to make this right. If I make this right, it'll be okay. He'll be happy. And now I think about it and it's like, if I, what I was really doing was like, if I make this right, like he'll love me, you know? Yeah. It's so sad. And I couldn't, I mean, you, aftermarket furniture sales, like shit, dude, I sold like a $5,000 table that was incredible for like $250. Like it wasn't making a dent, but it was making a dent like on my fucking soul. And it really pissed me off. And the only thing that I could do was like, I'll take out another loan. Like my credit's not fucked at this point. So I'll take out another loan. So I did. I took out a loan and I paid the wedding venue and I was able to pay one month of rent and get our, I think maybe our phone bills were, he he miraculously made $100 or something to, to get the cell phone bill paid because he needed that. But I paid the bills and then I don't think I had any money left from that loan. Our car payments are also behind. I think that mine was caught up once I got this loan, but his was significantly behind and I think maybe I even paid one of his but his was behind probably three or four and so he's like we should get a garage and I'm like for what and he's like well I just hate having to look for a parking spot Mm. well now (laughs) I know dude that the garage was so he could hide his car from the repossession guy Cause I, I never, I never got to park in the garage. Yeah, he's hiding from Repo Man. Yeah. Gosh. And so, oh yeah, okay. So this is what. But yeah, I don't like to park. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't want to look for parking. I'm like, can you fucking stop being a bitch? Like, I have to look for it. You, I should be, mm-hmm. I should have valet at this point. Like, so he got hired by Paychex, and um, again that little like that spark in his eye where he was happy again because he was he had something was back and so that felt good he wanted you know I'm I'm wedding dress shopping and things like that and just overall doing a lot of wedding stuff and he's like you know I want to I want a custom suit for the wedding that's a real fucking high value request for somebody who hasn't paid bills in this long dude like but you know me anything to make him happy. So like I find a custom suit guy, I pay 450 bucks for half of it. He comes over, they design it. Cool. He's happy. He's like going to work into the office, which he didn't have to do, but I was happy he was doing. And I'm like packing him lunches and leaving little notes. Like you're amazing. I believe in you. Like anything to kind of just boost that, that psyche up 
and and I think that I was doing it so that he would continue because everything that he had started up until this point, whether it was life insurance or discord or whatever, like all of that shit just fizzled out. And I just wanted him to stick with something for once. So I'm just full-blown wifey at this time. All the laundry, all of that kind of stuff. And I think there was one weekday where UFC fights were on and I was like folding laundry on the couch and we're just kind of hanging out together in, in the common area of the house. And he comes out of the room, like he went away to get something, comes back out and he like holds, holding up a baggie and he has mushrooms. And I, now I have not ever done mushrooms. Like I, it's not my thing. I don't want to hallucinate, but he's like, let's do these. UFC is on tonight. And I was like, Mm, maybe just a little bit, you know? We're, yeah, the perfect first mushroom trip is a UFC fight. For dude, sure. I had, so this was how I was thinking about it. I was like, I'm in my house. They always say, like, you have to be in, like, an environment that you know, and, like, you have to be with the right people. And I'm like, who's the more right person? Obviously. Well, I'm full-blown tripping on my couch, like, it felt like my body was rolling, but my eyeballs were like, what the fuck am I looking at? And like, note for the listeners, A, drugs are bad. B, <laughs> don't watch UFC, especially women fighting when you're on mushrooms. It was so scary. Their faces were distorted and all bloody and puffy. It was so bad. Yeah, it sounds fucking awful. And he's just like acting normal kind of. And I'm like feeling insecure. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing, you know? And then like the emotional piece set in. And that's why I don't do mushrooms is because I just overthink and get too emotional. So I get emotional. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a post-mushroom download of all of the probably traumatic shit that's been going on, all the stuff that's been in your subconscious that's been kind of itching at you but you haven't brought to the surface. That's going to bring that to the surface. Yeah, and it did. And so we're having this conversation and I bring up almost a similar conversation that like he had to me with like bait and switch. I'm like, you know how you said that and you made me feel shitty? I kind of feel like that. And so in this moment, it could have gone one of two ways, right? It could have gone like, hey, we are one and we're moving forward and I hear you and I respect you and I love you. Or it could have gone the other way and he could have been like, well, fuck you and walk away and I'd never see him again. Like it was that serious of a conversation. And I just like start breaking down crying because I'm like, how did we get here? Everything was so great. And I just like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like I'm not enough for you? And he was like, hold that thought. And he literally walks out of the house. And I'm just full-fledged crying. And he comes back in. And he's looking at me. And he's looking at me all weird. Like, I don't, like, he's, like, looking into my soul, kind of. But I'm too teary-eyed and fucked up to kind of tell. And <laughs> and he gets down on one knee. And he proposes to me. What? Yeah. It was, like, a Thursday. It was Cinco de Mayo. And did you say yes? Of course I did. 
Thanks for joining me for episode two, Shroom Things and Wedding Rings. I've loved hearing your feedback so far, so please share and rate the episode below. And sit tight for episode three and the craziest wedding day story I can promise that you have ever heard. It's not over yet till you taste regret. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. It's not over.